going to JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet to engage and inform everyone of all things JFW. Good Welcome job, back, Jim. guys. Thank you. Hey, good, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome, everybody, on this snowy Wednesday. Yeah, how about that? We finally, I mean, this is a storm for sure. Yeah, right? Yeah. Finally got, got some inches. Foot of snow out there. Yeah, some big drifts. Speaking of the snow. Speaking of the snow. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Hey, guys, before we get too far into the podcast, I just want to, uh, you know, bring up Rich Brown again. Rich Brown needs our prayers still. Uh, He's still in the hospital. He's still, you know, on a breathing tube and the whole nine yards. So if you guys pray, pray for him. If you send out good vibes, send out good vibes. Whatever it is, Rich could use all of us and all our thoughts. Yeah, absolutely, Jim. Yeah, he's he's a great dude. You hear anyone on a ventilator and it just my heart goes out to him so yeah. Yeah. prayers for you rich we're thinking of you absolutely rich is such a great guy does such a great job and he's he cares so much so oh man he's he, tamed that wash bay for the last six years hasn't he dave yep yeah. every vehicle is is thankful to have him yeah he's a personality around here too you know everybody knows rich and you know you stop and talk to him he's he's always nice and always upbeat and you know it's uh I look forward to the day that he's back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah, his son Josh hasn't even been able to see him because of the COVID jam. Wow. So I, I, unless he was able to sneak in there last night, I don't think he can tonight. He was saying Thursday would be the first day he could see him, so tomorrow. Since he's had. Since, since he's, he's been, been, in, been the in the hospital. Wow, it's terrible. Yeah. His sister stopped by here the other day, and you could just see the concern and hear the concern and hear her voice. and. You know, no matter what, Rich has a long road ahead of him, but uh, I look forward to, to helping him and supporting him. Absolutely. <clears throat> so uh, last week we picked up the Democratic Republic of the Congo as a listener. Wow. And uh, El Salvador. So Wow. Yeah, we are worldwide. Yeah, welcome, you guys. <laughs> I got a little scared there when you started with Democrat. Yeah. Oh, what, what, what? Why are they listening to our podcast? <laughs> you thought I was calling you a name? <laughs> Blue. Wow. I suppose they can listen. <laughs> and I think we just lost a couple drivers. <laughs> Jim Sr. said uh, last week was the best damn podcast we've had. And then he gave me some tips on how to use his microphone. So <laughs> hopefully I do not disappoint you this week, Jim Sr. Hey, and then, and then also on uh, Jim Sr. too, uh, when he told Jam, you know, his best po- podcast he's listened to, what he enjoyed most about it, he, he told me later, was that the, the facts about safety and talking technical stuff and because he, you know, He's invested in the company. He wants to hear more safety tips. So we might hit you guys with quite a few tips here if we can. I think that was one of the original reasons we started this podcast is we wanted to get off, uh, get across safety messages. So, Yeah, replacement of the, of the meetings. Yep. And then uh, we did have some other feedback, not mentioning names. Uh, we had a driver said he doesn't need a podcast, wants to be left alone, and we shouldn't talk about money on the podcast. So... There's some feedback uh, in a negative light, but I don't understand why he's so mad. Yeah, and then, you know, we couldn't figure out at first what he was talking about when we shouldn't talk about money. And we were just kind of talking about the the 401k as far as we know, right. you know, trying to give some tips on investing and what JFW offers out there. Yeah, he doesn't want any part of that, but he's since moved on. So I think he was here about six days. Well, there's still a thing to be said about culture. Absolutely. Bye, Felicia. 
<laughs> Too bad this is the family channel. <laughs> I have right. some thoughts on that. <laughs> Man, so uh, I don't know if you guys read it all. Well, I know you guys read. You guys read uh, some books and suggested some books. But uh, last week I read a, a book about an immortal dog, Brother Dave. Wow, an immortal do- that That dog I had is immortal. Yeah. Uh, it was impossible to put down. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the dad joke challenge. Ba-da-ba. Wow, man. You come up with the best segues. How Doesn't do you, he know? How do you he do that? Eases right in there, man. <laughs> right? Segways are cool. I want the best dad joke, and Super Dave, you're, you're the winner. You're the champion. So, Yeah, wow. he doesn't even need to say one this week, and he'd probably still win. Right. <laughs> He is he is a dad joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am a dad, for sure. <laughs> uh, Why don't you hit us with it, Dave? Well, how do you make holy water? <sighs> Man. I feel like I might have seen this well, one. It but... would freeze today. I know that if we were trying to make it. <laughs> you would boil the hell out of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. Wow. wow. There you go. That's a good one. Uh, that's a good one. I'm going to hack into his computer. <laughs> yeah. See right, where he's pulling right, this stuff out. Right. I'm just going to jump in there so it's not. I, I'm not left to last just because mine's so lame, man. Did you hear about the uh, the husband that was... Watching his wife put on her makeup for like the umpteenth time. And he looks at her and he says, honey, he said, the amount of money you must spend on makeup, you could probably own a Ferrari. And she looks right at him and says, do you wear makeup? And he says, of course not. And then she says, where's your Ferrari? (laughs) Man, that's me. That's a good one. I I like that one. I do like that. Yeah. Hey, you know how we talk about our backgrounds and some of our history. Did you guys know I used to work at a bank? <laughs> nope. I got fired my first day. Geez, not even going to get one. <laughs> Come on. Why did la- they fire you? A lady walked up and wanted her balance, so I pushed her over. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> Jim, do you want to do over? <laughs> Come on. SD, a, I think you won again. <laughs> you got another one written down already? I got okay. another one written down. Okay. Do you want it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shouldn't the roof of your mouth be called the ceiling? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think that one was just a good bad. point. Good point. Oh, man. All right. Let's get into uh, some JFW business. So a few weeks ago, maybe even a month ago, we started the new driver segment. And for some reason, I, I haven't had it in the outlines. And uh, we're going to announce some new drivers. Some of them have been here for a little while. So if you already got a shout out, you're getting another one. And if you haven't, I'm sorry it took so long, but uh, new drivers, we got <coughs> Fernando Machan, Edwin Ramirez, Miguel Valenzuela, Manuel Castro, Dennis Lopez, Rigo Ramirez, Gabe Gonzalez in the shop, Darwin Z, <laughs> and Danny Mercado. So welcome to JFW, everybody. Welcome, everyone. Yeah, welcome, you guys. And then celebrations for birthdays. Uh, Craig Brislin just had a birthday the last day of January. And we got Ann Scrivener. Her birthday is February 2nd, which is today. Happy yep. birthday, Ann. Happy yeah. birthday. Happy, nice. Happy birthday, Craig and Ann. Yep. Uh, Happy birthday, you guys. Anniversaries. Jack Domenico, his one-year anniversary was yesterday. I feel like Jack just showed up here. Yeah, or, or has been here a long time. He's, he's just one of those guys that is smooth and... and just has a smile and says hello, but 
Yeah. yeah. Class act. Jack's done some things around here we've already talked about, but that guy was a scorer for sure. Absolutely a rock star. Yep. And Paula Corey, two, two years tomorrow. Wow. Happy anniversary, Paula. Yeah, happy anniversary, Paula. Nice. Thank you, yep. Paula. Appreciate all you do over here. Shout-outs. Uh, Emerald wanted to give Smiley a shout-out. Mike Olson, for those who don't know who Smiley is. That's Mike Olson. What's he, 0050, Super Dave? Yep, 0050. 0050. For helping her out at Morrison to uh, Castle Rock. She had never been to Morrison before, and everybody knows, you know, Morrison's a big, scary place to go if you've never been there before, and a lot could go wrong. But uh, Smiley took her under his wing, and everything went well. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Nice job, Smiley. I want to give a shout-out to Ann. I wrote for Being a Ninja. I could put it Silent Assassin. Whatever Ann touches, it turns to gold. She uh, does so much around here, just quietly. Anything from IT stuff to graphic design to, I don't know, you guys know more about what she does than I do, but it just seems whatever's thrown at her, she just handles. Yeah, she covered payroll last week for Joanne, um, and uh, she helps me with the billing and, you know, deposits, and, you know, you're right. She's she's a ninja. She just, one time she shows up, and boof, it's all, all the help we can handle, and then she's off to something else. I actually heard Ann pays pretty well. <laughs> we did have a little discrepancy yesterday with her, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. in the driver's favor, but yeah, yeah, she helped you guys out last week. Yeah, the uh, the trainees, anyway, right? I thought that was another dad joke. <laughs> no, it was just a little dispute about what training pay is, and uh, Ann was generous. So. Nice job, Ann. Good way to take care of the guys. Uh, shout out again. This is my shout out. I want to give a shout out to Herb Turner. He is just really buying into a culture. He approached me at the fuel aisle the other day, told me, hey, I've been caught up on all the podcasts and, you know, just listening to the way you guys want things done. And we had a pretty cool conversation. He was frustrated from uh, the traffic and the four-wheelers. He just had one of those days where every load he's just kind of getting, you know, he's getting it from the four-wheelers. And he was pretty frustrated, but, you know, he's – told me you know he maintained his composure and i let him know you you could yell and scream in your truck with the windows up and as long as you're not hanging out the window with one finger out you know yep you're you're in pretty good shape but uh it's nice to hear somebody new buying into the culture and and wanting to do things the jfw way so shout out to herb that is cool want to give a shout out to troy hunt and dustin romero for helping me with the eld rule sets we're kind of trying something new where we could run two rule sets for the guys that are going out of town Typically, they are on the 70-hour, eight-day rule set, but there is another rule set. We may be able to switch them over to in their ELD, which is a short haul. And, uh, you know, I I hit Troy up on the weekend. He wasn't working, and I asked him for some help. And, you know, you want to talk about a guy being engaged. He actually showed me some things on the app, which was nice. So, you know, he's, he's engaged and figuring stuff out. And then Dustin Romero, he's been the guinea pig this week for running the short haul rule set on uh, ELD. So, Yeah, thanks for the help, you guys. I know that's a tough program to get through or to get figured out here, and we need to get that, that handled Yeah, <laughs> it just seems like there's a lot of, a lot of layers to that mm-hmm. onion, and every time I turn around, there's something new that we should be doing or they should be doing or to try to simplify it, but it's not simple. Yeah. Maybe it can be, but it doesn't seem like it. Isn't it cool, Jam, when you have guys like Troy and Dustin that you just gave the shout out to for that? <clears throat> take a take a little project of of that. You know, I don't want to say of yours, but something that needed to be done, 
and basically the student now becomes the teacher because they've mastered it, you know, where they're actually using it where you're not having to use it, but right. you're having to be responsible for it. <laughs> right. And they've learned more and have been able to help you and teach you and educate you to continue to teach and educate everyone else. And I, I love seeing that. That's yeah. like with our, our shop mechanics and our drivers. When, when, when that student becomes the teacher, I just, that's, that's a transition. I just love that. Yeah, 100%. And I called on those guys for a reason. I trust them. You know, yeah, I, absolutely. I, and I know they could do it. Yeah. And, you know, I definitely think, uh, you know, I don't look at them as students. I look at them as teammates. You right. Know? So right. to be able to count on teammates to help me do my job. For sure. I mean, it is a wonderful thing. Yeah. And then uh, shout out to Dell Boyce for testing out a seat in dispatch. You guys want to touch on that? Yeah, I say thank you, Dale, for jumping in there and, and uh, helping us out in dispatch. And so everybody kind of knows, uh, Randy is, I mean, we've all kind of seen Randy walk, not to, not to make fun of Randy or anything like that, but <laughs> he's uh, he's got a couple of bum knees, and uh, he's after having them replaced. I think he's got that scheduled and stuff. And then Jennifer um, has some other appointments and stuff, and we'll be in and out the next couple months here. And so we asked around, and, and Dale was willing to come in and, and help out dispatch and, and fill a seat. And, you know, just like Dustin and Troy again, when you get a teammate that's willing to jump in and help wherever they want, wherever you need them or, or they can, it, it's important. So thanks, Dale. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, much appreciated. I got a shout-out there, Jam, since that's kind of the end of the list. I was talking with Gilbert Benny in 0066 yesterday, and I don't know if it was a trainee or just a, a new person that he struck up a relationship with called him that was in the same scenario as Emerald that was trying to load up at uh, A.I. Morrison there. And like like you mentioned, everybody knows how tricky that is. But uh, he just gave him some tips on the phone that when he pulls under the bin, he automatically locks in his power divider because it's, oh. it's a bit of a, a like a cradle of where you're parked until you start to pull out, right? So you don't spin lock in your power divider and also put it in manual mode and in first gear. A lot of the drivers don't realize to do that when they're loading like under the bin up at Fry's. We try and promote that, put it in manual mode and put it in first gear. If you leave it in automatic and in third gear, you're just constantly going forward so fast where, where, you know, those few little items make all the difference in the world and you make you look, make you look a lot more professional. So Shout out to Gilbert there in 66 for helping somebody out. I, I wish I knew who it was, but much appreciated, Gilbert. Thank you. Yeah. You know, Gilbert's kind of that silent doer. Right. I mean, he really knows trucking. He yeah. knows trucks. He's been doing it for a long, long time, and he just makes it look so easy. Absolutely. Yeah. Gets it done. Yep, exactly. Yeah. I, got, I got two of you guys. Just want to mention uh, Chris Beam and Mike Bortz. They both texted or called this last week, and – they were thanking me for some stuff that uh, you know JFW did and things, and I just wanted to mention that I really appreciate that. Definitely not necessary, but when you get you know getting back to teammates that that call you and take the time to say thank you to you, you know it, it feels good. So thanks, Chris. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate the feedback. Linda had some shout outs. I almost forgot because it's on a separate paper, but Linda wanted to give a shout out to Sergio Portillo and Dennis Lopez, who is brand new in training. Uh, Fernanda, Miguel, and Darwin, also a brand new guy. Huge thank you for the late loads on Tuesday. Customer was blowing up Brandon's phone for material. I know the trip sucked. End of the day, traffic and weather starting. Wanted you to know it's much appreciated and awesome job. So great job, 
Great job, guys and girls. And then uh, she also had a note for this morning for Josh James and Sergio Portillo again for being uh, snow course today. It's nasty out there today. It's you know we got a good eight inches of snow over here, if, if yeah. not more, in the snow drifts. And those guys got their work cut out for them today. But definitely a couple reliable guys. So yeah, because Linda mentioned there's at least a foot over at Coors Jam. Oh wow. So yeah, and the control room was possibly thinking about shutting down but they hadn't had anybody call out yet so oh wow yeah remember a couple of years ago super dave when all those single drives were over there and we had to go get them all yeah we, we, we parked them in that dirt lot yeah. that was on the other side of that big culvert <laughs> yep. and we couldn't get them out and oh there's two feet of snow on the ground yeah we like carpool down there and yeah, yeah it was like it was a mess or, yeah that was that was fun <laughs> oh good times uh, Brother Dave, do you want to talk about uh, the, is it Friends of Fiori or Fiori and Friends? It's Fiori and Friends. Gotcha. Yeah, I just wanted to mention we're going to close that out on, on this Friday. So we have today, tomorrow, and basically Friday. I don't know. I don't want to put a clock on it, but Friday we'll, we'll end it there. So if anybody has any more donations, I wanted to throw a shout out. Steve Schwegler called me this morning. Uh, he lives up in Wisconsin, guy that used to work here years ago, and he listened to the podcast and is like, Dave, how can I send you some money? And so he's going to mail me a check for 40 bucks, and, and I'm going to throw 40 bucks. Well, actually, Jim and I split it because I didn't have 40 bucks on me. Jim threw in 20, and I threw in 20 for Steve, but he's going to send us a check for, for Friori because he you know lived here for a long time and knows how devastating those fires were. So we're, we're pretty proud of everybody. I, I hadn't looked at it. We've just been collecting money so far, and at this point, we're just shy of $2,000 in donations from everyone that nice. GFW is going to match and, and double that. So, yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty heartfelt. I mean, yeah. pretty cool. That is great. Yeah. Huh, so let me get this straight. He's mailing you 40. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, you caught on to that, huh? Jim yeah. gave you 20. I said, Steve, just make the check out to me, man. We'll be good. You caught on that I took huh. 20 from Brother Jim, huh? And, and I know I know you and I, we, we've sent like Venmos and Zells before. <laughs> and gonna, he's going to mail a check, huh? Well, okay. Uh, and I got bad dad jokes in. I got ripped off for 20 bucks. <laughs> Thanks for showing up. Love man. that guy. <laughs> All for a good cause, though. Yep. Uh, um. So yesterday and Monday, or Monday and Tuesday, we were pretty busy around here. I know it's snowing today and there's not much going on, but we got a little bit of a taste for the new people out of here that uh, just haven't really seen us wide open yet. We still aren't wide open, but you got a little bit of a taste of a full day of work around here. So, you know, just get uh, just get ready for the busy season. Sure, and then with this snow too, Jam, because we haven't had much weather. I mean, I know the last couple of weeks, but this is going to push a lot of salt and squeegee and hauls oh, yeah. like that. And a lot of people got a little taste of that too, of the, the you know hauling the blue salt, hauling the the wall, the white salt, hauling stuff up to uh, uh, was it plant twenty four or pit twenty four or twenty eight, whichever the Brandon were loading out of yesterday. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then uh, you know I just got to throw out there though, if you're doing the salt and you're a you're a new guy or a veteran. Make sure you clean that bed out. That yeah. that salt will just jack up some concrete if you go and load rock on top of it. And then, you know, be careful when you're going in and out of these uh, state sheds, whether they're state, county, city, whatever. You know, if they ask you to back in, be careful, guys. But yeah, that this part of the season is you know a little slower, but it's it's an important part of the season to get us into spring. If they are backing you in <clears throat> to uh, one of the sheds, you got to remember you can't raise your trailer up all the way. That's what Jim was just referring to. 
I would ask for another driver to spot you because I've had uh, an operator spot me before and I stopped and he hadn't stopped me yet. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like three inches away from the top. So be super careful. You can really, you know, put a monster dent in the shed because they're just made out of um, tin steel or whatever you want to call it. And then uh, you could damage your trailer pretty good too, hitting that. Yeah. We've also got trapped inside them too, you guys, because they're usually around or the doorway is smaller. And you go back in, you start to dump, but you forget how far the truck comes forward. And then you can't let the trailer back down because you're going to hit in front of you. Yeah. yeah, And if the loader's not in there, you're shoveling. Right. Right. (laughs) The, The best thing is to dump outside them and let the loader push the material in. But I know some of the sheds ask to be dumped inside. And some of them are big, and, and yeah. you need to. But yeah, uh, absolutely. yeah, I mean, together we're accident-free, and this is a perfect time to use a spotter. You know, plus a lot of these sheds, you got a lot of windshield time. You know, so get out, stretch, help the guy behind you, help the guy in front of you. You know, this is a time where we come together and help each other out. There's, there's no big rush. Because yeah. together we're accident-free. Yep. That's right. I know, uh, you know, a lot of times we, we start just talking about you know, all the things we got to do to make everybody do things the right way. But I just want to mention, we got a lot of people already doing it the right way. Uh, you know, just talking, I had mentioned Herb earlier, you know, he's a new guy. He wants to do it the right way. And there's just a lot of guys that just every day they come in, they do a great job. You know, a lot of newer people, you know, Jeff Nolasco, one of them. I mean, we've talked about Jesus Varela a lot. We got, uh, what's his name? Edwin Gar- is it? Ed, Ramirez. Edwin Ramirez, he's coming out pretty strong, you know, just good people. We have a lot of good people that work here. I think that's what I'm trying to say. So thank yeah. you, everybody. Yeah, absolutely, Jam. It's, you know, like we talk, we've been harping on the seatbelt thing, you know, and we get going on that and we get going on that. But, you know, we've also said a lot of times that, hey, we went in and out that gate 5,000 times or 10,000 times or whatever, you know, in and out. And we hit the gate the one time, and that's all we concentrate on is that that one time. But we didn't thank everybody for that that 10,000 times we went in and out of that gate. And that's kind of what you're doing right here is the good people. We need to, we need to thank them. And then I got a note here. We had our, uh, our steering committee meeting the other day. John Dean had brought up. He just feels there are some drivers out there that don't really know their way around the parts room or even where to get paper towels. I just like to encourage everybody to uh, perfect your trade and be the best of what you do. Sometimes it takes, you know, watching a YouTube video or asking questions or, you know, maybe introduce yourself to John. If you don't know who John Dean is, he's the night foreman. Super cool dude, super knowledgeable, super helpful. You know, he's just real smooth and steady and, you know, he listens and he's a guy that gets the truck fixed every night, so... Stop by the shop if you don't know who John is. If you're training somebody, make sure they know who John is because I think that's where part of the problem is, is, you know, new, new guys get released and they don't even know who the night foreman is. And that's a guy who's going to take care of your truck for you. So meet John, connect with him. He wants to connect with you. And uh, if you have any questions where bulbs are at or, you know, stuff like that, your trainer should be showing you, but don't be scared to ask John either. You know, John likes to have fun too. Yeah. Yesterday he was uh, playing a little joke on Mitch, one of the daytime mechanics, and he uh, jumped out from behind a trailer and 
<laughs> shouted at him, hey, and Mitch about hit the ceiling. <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad he didn't get hurt. He's a big guy. Right? You, you see those ones where you scare somebody and they punch, punch you. Him. You yeah. imagine big old Mitch punching that John? Oh, that, wouldn't go, that wouldn't go over well. That would be terrible. So the other day, I had a driver come up to me, and <clears throat> this driver didn't do anything wrong, right? But he's been here for a while, so I assumed that he knew more than he did. You know, we were just dropping the hook in the trailer, and I was just surprised at the amount of questions he had. And, man, I was happy to answer them all and show him what I know about it. But I think uh, we're assuming people know things that they don't, and that should be coming in training. And I know we've been talking a lot about revamping training again and making sure things are done. And Super Dave, you, you've made a checklist. And JR and Scooby, they, they've revamped the book. And even when Kendrick was here. So I'm just surprised that somebody could be here for the amount of time they are and not really know how to drop and hook a trailer. So I feel like we're missing something. And what can we do to improve that? Yeah, and the... You know, you just drop and hook or unhook a trailer. It sounds so simple, Jam, but there's a there's a craft or a way to do everything. And you know, sometimes it makes things really difficult. Sometimes it makes really easy. And and what we're after is more of not tearing the equipment up and making it easy on on you to do things. So we we ask you to change trailers. You can do it and and do it the right way. And yeah, it just goes back to. To training, but like Jam said, what what are we missing, guys? What are we, what are we leaving out, or are we feeding you too much information when we are training you that you that you know you get lost, or it's just too much and don't remember, and you know then also if it's just the embarrassment of going, hey, no, I don't know that. Please don't do that. We're we're here to help. You know, we wanna we wanna help you out. We're, we we should never try to embarrass you or think less of you when you need some help because it saves a lot of things if we're helping the end dumps are different you know a lot of these guys come here from hauling a van trailer or a flatbed trailer and um on the end dump your pivot is not the fifth wheel the fifth wheels are fixed they they don't pivot the pivot point is attached to the trailer and so it makes it a little bit harder to get underneath that because they like to flop down the wrong way and you have to prop them up and it's really easy just to ask for another hand and have two people do it. Yeah, and a lot of our our techniques are not techniques. What do you like? The things we buy are specialized because we found out they work better and they they're easier on the equipment. Most of the trucks have a pad built into the fifth wheels now, and they replaced. You know, we used to grease our fifth wheels, and we had a thing where well, when you grease your fifth wheel, then the grease gets all over the frame and the truck and gets everything dirty so they invented slick discs and then we're running slick discs so all you have to do is grease the jaws and stuff and then that was so popular the the fifth wheel manufacturers are going hey we can build a disc and put it inside the fifth wheel so you don't have to have grease and that's what we're ordering on all the fifth wheels but we're finding out that the bulkers and the end dumps even though the the plate flexes in the end dumps we're not far enough on the ground or when we're dropping the bulkers loaded we're driving them into the the two plates meet meet each other at a at a sharp angle and they have weight on them and we're driving those pads right off the fifth wheels and breaking them and that just takes away from the whole whole thing of having the pads and not having to grease because you know we either don't have the knowledge or we're not perfecting our craft and taking the time to take care of the equipment that we've spent a lot of time and money 
buying and perfecting. I'm just capping on top of what both you guys said. Like Dave mentioned, I'm sure any truck driving school you go to, every trailer there is going to have a two-speed landing leg. Right. I bet they don't have one trailer there that has pipe and pin legs like our end dumps. Well, we, we get paid by the ton of how much we haul. A pipe and pin aluminum landing leg is a hell of a lot lighter than a two-speed steel crank up like we have on all the, all the bulk trailers, right? So you have to learn what hole to put that in, how to adjust the height. You know, do you do that before you drop your airbags? Do you do it after? There's a technique to everything we do. So JR and Scooby and Pat have actually been taking guys and going through a little test procedure on how to do stuff. And it, it is important. I mean, every mistake we make, whether it's a mistake or a learning curve, however you want to look at it, those things cost us money when damage is incurred. You know, and the pneumatic guys, they're dropping and swapping trailers all day long, every day. So it's critical that they perfect their craft, you know, that they go back. And I would tell you, I think seven of the 10 bulk trailers, when you set your trailer brakes, the bags deflate. Our end dumps aren't like that, but all the bulk trailers are. It's just an inherent design that they've, they've incorporated in a bulk trailer design. So the problem is with that is if you lower your landing legs and disconnect or start to disconnect or be prepared to disconnect prior to setting those brakes, that suspension pivots after you've disconnected, when you set the brakes and pull forward, the axles push those landing legs forward and we bend landing legs, right? We're dropping those trailers. We're hauling 92,000 pounds on all those loads to maximize the efficiency of delivering the, the bulk product to the plants. So we're bending landing legs. Or we've had scenarios where we haven't let the air out of our our bags on the tractor and we pull out so fast we've dropped the trailers and we've broken the gears inside and made a tough spot on those two-speed landing legs when in actuality you know that should never happen those landing legs they're built and designed to last 30 years I mean they should just they only break because they were broken you know what I mean <laughs> misuse. right yeah misuse absolutely and that's something you know that's that's your point to this whole conversation, Jam, is where are we failing training, right? Right? Why aren't we training on that? You know, we should probably have a, a bulker class, and anyone that's in the bulker division, that should be part of the test. How do you drop a trailer? And we just go through it and, and learn. It may sound ignorant that we're picking on that or silly that we're picking on that, but that's just one example. You know, we, we, the last 10 trailers that we bought that were 38-foot trailers – we put specific heavier duty landing legs on them on the end dumps so we could drop them loaded. We have uh, two contracts now that require four trailers basically to do that with. So four of those 10 38 foot trailers are eaten up on that haul. You know, one of them sits at Frito Lay over here, and another one we just started a week or two ago is up in Fort Collins at the, Sweetwater what is that? Brewing yeah, company. thank you, Dave. Sweetwater. Yeah, I was going to say Sunshine, but yeah, sweet, <laughs> Sweetwater Brewery. So hopeful thinking on a day like today. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'd love some sunshine instead of that cold white stuff. So anyway, yeah, it's, there's a lot of technical things that, that need to happen in every move we make. Yeah, and, and uh, it falls on us to provide the knowledge, but it falls on the drivers to, to absorb and want to learn that too. They got to they gotta be willing to learn and want to have that knowledge. If you don't know how to drop and hook a trailer, you need to come and ask somebody before you try to do it. Absolutely. Because these are definitely niche trailers. And we could actually go through the procedure on the end dump with the pipe and pin legs and then uh, pneumatic trailers. I know for me personally, 
When I go to drop an end dump, the first thing I do is I pull the pins and drop the legs. Because if you can't get to the proper hole on that and you've already disconnected your hydraulic line, you're going to have to hook that back up to raise the trailer up a little bit. So my very first move, back into the spot, set your air brakes on your trailer, and then drop your landing legs. And you want to get to the hole where the landing legs are as close to the ground as possible. You know, they could be barely touching where you could still get the pin in, or you might have an inch, you know, between the leg and the ground, but that's where you want to start. Once you got that, then you can go ahead and uh, disconnect everything. Like I said, make sure your trailer brakes are set. This way, when you pull your red line off, not leaking out of that hose. And it's no big deal if you do, but it's loud and everybody panics when it happens. It's like, <laughs> oh, I forgot to set my brakes, you know. Um, you know, and then from there, you disconnect your hydraulic line and then pull your fifth wheel pin and then drop your airbags. I like to get out of the truck sometimes. My airbags are being dropped just to double check and make sure the pin is in the landing legs. No shame here. I've actually dropped the trail on the frame rail of a truck before. You think your landing legs are down and pinned and they're not. Drop your airbags and your landing legs hit the ground, then you can pull out pretty smoothly. It's pretty pretty simple. And then back in the under one is the complete opposite. You know, drop your airbags first, get under that fifth wheel, make sure that plate is tilted up where you can get under it, make sure that the hose coming off the cylinder is out of the way so you don't break that. Once you get underneath that, I like to raise my bags back in, you know, and then you could actually make sure that you could pull your pins out of your legs, put them up and then rehook everything. So that's the way I like to drop and hook and end up. Yeah, spot on, Jim. Yeah, good description. Okay. What's one of the tricks, Jim, to hold that plate? Because, man, when I try hooking up, that plate on the trailer is always hanging the wrong direction. And right. if you back up too close to it, you'll break off all the fittings, the, yes. the airlines. And yeah. you got a trick you're using on that? I got a couple different ways, but what's yours? I got a couple tricks. You know, I like having a two-by-four handy, a little short block. What I'll do is I'll get under the trailer, I'll pull pull that fifth wheel plate down and I'll just put that two by four in between there but when you do that you got to remember as soon as you get under that fifth wheel plate get out of the truck pull that two by four don't use your hammer that's made out of steel if you back in and forget your hammer you could cause damage but you want to pull that out as soon as possible before you back under some guys will use a bungee cord uh, to pull their fifth wheel plate up um you know, a really easy way to do it is to have somebody help you, and they can hold it up with a shovel, stuff like that. Super Dave, you and I, we've dropped and hooked a lot of trails together when uh, we got all those new trucks, so pretty smooth operation. Yep. What yeah, is you some- definitely develop a, a technique or sequence, um, you know, once you do, it's, it's like butter, baby. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because you get so good at it, like when somebody wants to help you, it almost it almost yeah. makes it harder. Say, no, I got it. You know, if Super Dave, you were like, "Hey, you want help?" I'd be like, "Absolutely." And then there might be a guy where I'm like, "Ah, oh, it's cool, I got it." <laughs> but it's but it's important to to realize you you're there to to show that guy right the right way to do it. And one thing I learned from many 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 years of training, there's people that will learn something from doing it once. And then there's other people that need to do it five or six times, and it's okay. You just have to show them again and show them again. Right. Right. I mean, it's it's okay to ask, hey, can you show this to me again? Yeah. It's funny. I've been in TNT before and had to go pick up a trailer at Merritt or over at the tarp place or roll and move it over to the to the tarp place. And it's just funny. You know, I, I hop in the truck thinking it's 
it's a driver's truck and it's not. So there's no tool bag in there. There's no <laughs> right. hammer. There's no, you no, know, and you're like, no you go to back up to the trailer and you're like, oh crap, I don't have anything in here, you know. And I feel like a homeless person or something. I'm walking around <laughs> looking on the ground going, oh, there's a rock. That'll be the perfect right. size, you know. And it's kind of cool because a couple of them I've, I, you know, after doing that enough times, right, you, you get the perfect size rock so that <laughs> right. when you back up and what you're talking about when you say get under the plate, right. you physically just want the fifth wheel just starting under the face of that apron plate, it's called, on the fifth wheel. And it's kind of cool because when you get the right size rock, as you back up when the fifth wheel, if it does hit that, the rock will roll out and you don't have to get back out of the truck. But right. you have to make sure it comes out, right? Otherwise, it's the same as a steel hammer. You'll you'll ruin that gin pole or bend that plate. or I mean, it could be a real problem if you don't do it right. It's just funny. I mean, I'm walking around like kicking rocks out of the ground right. or something like that. And yep. Over at Merritt, you can always find a scrap piece of wood. Right? Yeah. Always, right. Yeah. always. Yeah. Yeah. And at uh, pull tops, I found some interesting things over there. It's like, oh, there's a little twig. That might work. <laughs> you yeah. know or, what I mean? Or pop can. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. I never yeah. thought about that. Yeah. Yep. Do you have any other tricks, Dave or Jim? Or yeah, over in the red yard, the whole place is recycled asphalt, right? right? You know you can pick up a chunk of recycled asphalt, and when you go underneath the fifth wheel plate, you're smiling. It, it, just, it just breaks <laughs> it up and falls out. Yeah, it's just enough to hold that plate, That's and then right. it goes, boof, breaks. Yeah. Yep. yeah, it's like a dirt clod, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> what would you do differently on a pneumatic trailer? What's the difference? Well, you know, I don't just go flying underneath it, you know, and in one shot i i get under the edge and then i get out and look and see how my clearances are when i drop one of those trailers i like to get it to where the landing legs hit the ground and then i go to low speed and i give it to the you know the lower setting i give it a couple of extra turns what do you mean the lower setting (laughs) two speed low speed high speed i guess right that that allows me to raise that trailer especially if it's a loaded trailer so i I have a little bit of clearance on that fifth wheel, so I don't tear that plastic piece up when I go back under it. So wait a minute, that landing leg's like a transmission? It's got gears? <laughs> yes, it's got it does, a, it's, got, it's got a short gear and a tall and it, gear. You guys know I can't play this game with Mikey, right? Because he always just answers when I'm in a group and I ask those questions like, I don't know what the answer is. Mike's like, well, oh, Mike, come on, man. I'm waiting for someone else to answer that question. Yeah, yeah so like back to the landing legs, Dave, like you were getting at, what gear would you start out in out in if you had a heavy load a big load right first gear what 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 and which is a low gear right so on the landing legs when you need to lift that trailer and and you're struggling and you can't turn that you're probably in second high. gear or too high higher gear right too right. higher gear right got a downshift yeah so pull pull the handle out usually or push it in depending on which you're at and slide that in the next gear there's two gears on the on the what? Right, right. Yeah, if you're sweating when you're cranking that thing up, you're in the wrong gear. <laughs> uh, and then, and then, Dave, I want to ask you as you're explaining that those couple of cranks you give it when it's in the lowest gear to lift that loaded trailer. What are you looking for when you when you give it a couple of cranks? How how do you know you've you've cranked it enough? Let's uh, say. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I look for a little bit of daylight between the fifth wheel and the trailer. No, I think you're spot on, and, and Scooby brought something up too. He he's in the habit when he when he lifts it up, he he knows enough about the truck. He listens for the airbags yes. or the air just, valve yep, to just to go start, yeah. and give a little. And you know you've taken some pressure off of it. And then he and then he said the same thing you did. 
he looks and he goes, oh, there's a little bit of crack underneath the, mm -hmm. the fifth wheel between the two plates. And he knows when he lowers the trailer that he, or lowers the tractor, drops the airbag. Lets the airbag out. Yeah, he can pull right out. And something that, that I do, you guys, is before I lower the bags, and it's just kind of how I have it in my head, you have that fifth wheel pin, the, the pin itself on the plate, locked in the jaws of your fifth wheel. And when you drop your airbags and you haven't moved at all, to me it kind of hangs on that pin. So I like to pull forward like a couple of inches and pull that pin out of the jaws and then hit the airbags. And it seems to work so much smoother. You lower down and then you, you, you definitely should see a gap between those two plates. And then you, you know the trailer's down, you know you've done a good job. And, and something else that I caught, I was just hooking up the other day that maybe you run into it and you don't think it's working is if you back up to a trailer and especially with the automatics, you're holding the brakes, holding yourself still because otherwise we have urge to move, right? And you hit the airbags, that truck usually doesn't drop until you let off the brakes mm -hmm. because the brakes are holding the truck in the air. And I know when I just hooked up, I hit the airbags on, on I think 19 is what I was in. And I was like, I just kind of like sitting there and I was like, wow, that didn't lower very much. And I let off the brake and the truck was like, dunk, and, and fell the rest of the way down. And I was able to hook right up. So, right. you know, old school, we didn't hold the brakes, right? Super Dave, right, Dave, or, or Jam? You know, you just hit the airbags because you weren't on the brakes holding right. yourself still. You weren't in gear. Yeah, you had the clutch in. Right? And, mm -hmm. and it just, it really dropped smoothly. And, right. and something, you know, a new piece, that's a new thing right. for, for an automatic. Yeah, something to go over too when you're hooking and unhooking the, the manual transmissions versus the automatic transmissions. A manual, you'll always start out in granny when you're, when you're disconnecting. Mm. Those automatic transmissions, you have to take a minute and either default it to first gear or put it in manual and put it in first gear. Right. That way you're not disconnecting in third gear versus right. first gear. And that's right. something we, we take for granted around here, you know, and you don't think about it. And I, I had never been aware of it really how many steps you take we take doing these little things and those are little details that you automatically do but you don't even realize to explain it to someone and i hadn't really thought of that my son's just 16 and a half now so i went through the whole teaching to drive thing for the last year and you know you get in a car and you put it in drive and you go but before you did that you stepped on the brake you put on your seat belt you adjusted your mirrors you know, instead of just saying, okay, put it in drive, let's go. You went through all those steps. So now you have to verbally explain that just like, hey, it's an automatic. Did you put it in first? Right? right? Oh, no, I didn't know to put it in first. It's in third where I always start out. And <laughs> when you disconnect, man, it's fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, that's how we've been the landing legs. Right? You know, didn't drop your airbags, pulled out too quick. and Exactly. Stuff like yeah, that. and it kind of feels like we're really just hammering on this, you know. But the reason we're hammering on it is we've we've broken two sets of landing legs on the bulker trailers, and I don't know. I heard you ask the other day to Mikey how how much are they, Dave? Like eighteen hundred dollars a set or something like that? Or are they more? I thought they were six hundred dollars each. Oh, each, each okay. leg. So, so twelve hundred bucks. That's what I had heard was twelve hundred bucks, yeah. six hundred bucks a leg. Yeah. You know, and then what we also find you guys, and then it's and then it's a problem because you don't notice it or. You, we send you someplace, maybe maybe up to Merritt, but 
We ruin glad hands. We ruin hydraulic hoses so you can't thread the hose on it because we've bent the deal. And mm -hmm. you don't notice it until you have to go back, hook up, or somebody else hooks to the trailer. So we're trying to stop what, what will happen. You know, not that it did happen. Well, it does happen. But, you know, we're trying to educate you. So hooking up a trailer is as easy as it sounds. You're just hooking up. I remember a guy came from there to drop a trailer off here one day, and he he just took it right back because he broke it. He yeah, did, yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. 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 So you know, you, you mentioned that the connection there for the hydraulic line, Jim. That's a brass end. Everyone knows how soft brass is. There's right. no strength to brass whatsoever, right? That end is like $85. Yeah. To switch it out, there's, there's X amount of oil that's left in that hydraulic cylinder in line, so you can't take it off without losing a couple gallons of oil. Those two gallons, each gallon of that oil, because it's it's eco-friendly oil, is what are we at? Thirteen dollars a gallon for that? Yeah, gym? yeah, exactly. So there's another twenty-six bucks. You got the labor of someone doing it. You know, I mean, one little dent in a fitting because you didn't tie it out of the way to connect. Right. You're out one hundred and fifty bucks. You know, and you do two, three of those a week or something that adds up. You know, something else I kind of wanted to mention and and. As I'm saying it or thinking it, I feel stupid mentioning it, but we have to. The crank two-speed landing legs that we have on all the bulk trailers, when you crank that one handle, both legs go down. On the end dumps, when you have the pipe and pin legs, if I pin one leg, is the other leg pinned? No. Right? I mean, we think that's common sense, but if a driver only looks at the driver's side because we didn't tell him you need to drop both legs, there's potential that could be missed. Right? I mean, you know, to me, that's just as important as saying, hey, you need to be in manual and you need to be in first gear. You need to drop both landing legs. And I mean, yeah. You know, what's really important, Dave, is when you are connecting to that trailer and you're raising those pipe and pin legs, make sure that that pin is properly secured so it doesn't fall out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if you and if you're, happen to be a new guy or you're not familiar with it, and I have a habit, I mean, it's my way of doing it is when I drop the legs and I know I'm going to come back to the trailer or it was my trailer or whatever, I'd put the pin in, but sometimes I wouldn't put the cotter pin or the lock ring back in the pin. I lay it on the shoe of the leg because I know when I come back, I'm going to slide that in and then, and then it makes it quicker when I have to hook up, right? right. Mm -hmm. And then I hook it up. So all those pins, you guys, if you're out there and, and there's no pin, no lock pin and you raise it and put a pin in, that pin doesn't stay in there by itself. Right. It needs some kind of locking device, you know, something through it to hold the pin in, Dave. And I think mm -hmm. we, I think those fall out. They sure do. You know, and then the, the leg the, hits the ground while you're driving down the road, and yeah, or the the locking deal. Like we, I think we lose the locking device somehow in the pin, mm -hmm. and then the pin works itself out as we're going down the road, or at some point it falls out. And that's another reason about walking around your truck that that pin doesn't just boof all the way out right it comes out slowly and you might catch one you know the one thing i didn't mention earlier in my description anytime you hook up to a new trailer you want to make sure that bars across the kingpin you know get under the trailer look at your fifth wheel make sure you see that bar i don't care who hooked the trailer up for me it could be anyone in this room even i'm putting eyes on that and when i hook up a trailer for somebody and they're helping if I put eyes on it, I always ask them to put eyes on it, too. That's really, really important because even when you leave in the morning, you know, that's one thing. It takes two seconds to look at. It'll give you peace of mind for the rest of the day. 
Yeah, in conjunction with that bar in front of the the actual kingpin jam, always check that handle Make sure to be it's sure all, it's yeah. all the way in. And I, there's multiple different versions of those, the fifth wheel handles. We have some that, that are like Z-shaped that lay flat, so you have to lift it to pull it out. We have some that have to slide back to pull out. I mean, there's many different versions of that. Right. But if you happen to see one anywhere at any time, you know, that's part of the inspection. Yep. If it's not all the way in or, or in its lock position, I guess I'll say, something's wrong. There's, there's something going on. Right. You know, I forget, someone sent you a picture just last week. Uh, I want to say one of the night guys or like the 4 a.m. guy sent a picture from Coors. Anybody that hauls Coors or has been up to Coors where the scale is at, there's, I don't know, any at any given time between two and like six end dumps that are always parked there. And they're the ones that they pull out and they preload or load all the, it's, it's actual the waste, uh, wastewater. Yeah, it's shit. <laughs> right. The bottom line, right? That's what it is. And it's human right. to boot, right? That's... And they load it right there just uh, past the scale there. And those trailers are always sitting there loaded or empty or whatever, ready to go. Well, at some point, someone hooked to one of the trailers. However they connected, they connected wrong and they made it out, I don't know, 50 feet, 20 right. feet. And that trailer dropped, and it must have been loaded, and the truck must have been moving fairly fast because it took those legs and folded them right over, and that whole trailer was on the ground. Yeah. Something really scary about that is, okay, so let's say they got a wrecker up there. They were able to lift the trailer back up. They were able to get a truck reconnected to it. What damage did those landing legs do to the gin poles? Mm. I mean, that trailer may not be able to be dumped right. Until those gin poles are repaired, so some repair shop could have a trailer in there full of poop, full, full of, of poop, full of <laughs> full of poop. Man, I'll what a that shitty word, mess, right? So yeah, sounds like the shits, right? Yeah, dad jokes just going all over the place. Uh, I can't believe they think like that, Jim. I know. So so we should do this on our own. <laughs> it's funny because you know I mentioned a driver that didn't really know how to drop and hook, and look at look at everything we just talked about. There is so much to it. Yeah. But it, the more you do it, the easier it is. Like, right. We just know, talked about it for yeah. 25 minutes, right. it feels it, like. It literally takes, I mean, you could probably drop and hook a trailer in five minutes. Yeah. Easy. Right. I mean? And I just want to mention one more thing because none of us have mentioned it. What about tugging on it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You guys all agree with that with the bar across the back? I mean, you do a visual and that bar is across and you go, well, I see the bar. What about tugging on it? I, I, I'm a big proponent for having the guy, you know, tug on it. And, it's it's it seems a little violent with the automatics because you got to give it a little gas and it might hop or spin yeah. but pretty much make sure you're hooked up yeah i mean to me i tug test it as soon as i hook up so mm -hmm. back under it you hear you see the the handle go in you hear the click then i give it a tug and yep. you know especially when we used to have the slick disc right because the slick disc will get in the locking joint. so <laughs> you know sometimes you'd back oh, yeah. under it and then you'd give it the tuck test and be like oh crap i'm not hooked up and right. then you do it again and then you do it again and then eventually you pull out and you realize that the slick disc is just ruined you got to cut it or get a new one or yeah there's like a that. chunk so, of it folded up inside uh, the just, jaws of the fifth wheel yeah. and those things were a recipe for disaster i mean I i'm so thankful that all those years we ran them, because I would tell you we ran them for 15 or 20 years. At least. Eight, no one yeah. was ever injured hooking up, and it was like a ballet act. You're under there with a shovel trying to hold it, and you're, you're exposed, and the drive tires are rubbing your belly or right near your feet. And, yeah. I mean, it just... hands to try to spin yeah, the disc. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just know? what a... I mean, oh my gosh. It was... Yeah. It was an accident waiting to happen. And then not to mention... 
the mechanical side of it. I, you know, the accident waiting to happen was just the human injury part of it, right. let alone being high hooked or, right. you know, like you're talking about jam, you know, you didn't, there was, there was debris, that plastic folded up and got stuck in those jaws and you weren't connected. Yeah. You didn't tug on it. You didn't test it. You didn't look at it. You didn't make sure the handle was in or anything. So yeah. yeah I don't yeah. miss those things. We still got, I don't know, a couple of trucks that have them. A couple yeah, of the freight, freight liners. Yeah. Um, and a few, five of the oldest Kenworths, I think. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, it's just five Freightliners because I think the second, the five newest yeah. have them, I think, yeah. Dave. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I think 10's high, but yeah, they're still out there. We had to do one the other day with a slick dish. Uh. So, yeah. Uh. <laughs> and even that, I mean, we, we, we get grumpy about it, but once you do it a few times and you have yeah. a system to do it, I mean, it's, it's not that difficult. And that's one of the things. Sometimes it's easier, <laughs> yeah. Either by yourself or with an experienced guy, or you really got to train somebody the right way to do it. But yeah, good riddance to those things. A lot of common sense involved, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But what? Well, <clears throat> this not. sounds funny too, Jamie. Remember when you'd have to put that <clears throat> slick disc right against the frame in the back of the fifth wheel, and <laughs> and then jump in the cab and get it in reverse and start going back and when you hit that pin right in the hole of oh, the yeah. slick disc yeah, without having yeah. to get back out right. it was like yeah right yeah, yeah. brush your shoulders off huh? yep. uh-huh. it was like you just won the super bowl right yep. yeah any other safety topics that you guys want to go over i just wrote in here jam I, I wanted to mention especially on a day like this and well last week and stuff is the liners you know mm-hmm. we can't we can't harp on that stuff enough you guys are climbing up the sides of the trailers. You know that aluminum's cold. You got your gloves on. It might have ice on that top rail. The tire's slick. You know we've tried to put ladders on everything now, or or a step. And you know we just don't need you guys hurt, or we don't want you hurt. You guys do things slow. Kind of reminds me of Jim Senior. He just had a hip put in a couple weeks ago, and and he's doing really well. And he wants to get rid of the his walker and. Man, you take that walker away, and he just likes to go as fast as he can. And I'm like, oh, my God, slow down. You don't need to do that. You're going to, you know, if you fall, we're done. And same thing with you guys. If if you fall, you're done. You know, we're done. And, and it, it just, it'll suck, you know. And so please be careful. And then once you're inside the trailers, those liners are, are slick. effing slick, man. I, I can't. Any, you guys, most of you guys have all already been in the trailer with the liner. You know how slick it is. So I'm just, I'm telling you, I'm preaching now. But, you know, we talked the other day. We don't have any more of the round bottom trailers left. So that's that's kind of cool where you... Those were hard. Hard, really hard. At least you got a flat surface that's right. really slick, you know, and getting the snow out and stuff, you guys. And, and there's an art to that, too, about, you know, propping your gate open a little bit, raising the trailer up just enough where it's not too steep and it's just steep enough where you can push the snow right out the gate and you know have traction or or maybe it's you know there's a layer of ice and you know you can't chip that out but yeah I just I just want to mention that and then you know definitely we've been saying it on the radio but when the tailgate freezes and uh you know pulls the seals out and then we have a tailgate that's leaking and we had uh a stingray Mike uh Wickbrot he's I teased him the other day. I wish I could remember. 15 years, 16 years, 14 years with us and stuff. And and he came in the other morning and he's like, yeah, he said, I screwed up. He said, I opened the gate and, and propped it up and I let the trailer down. And I don't know if his, the block of wood or something fell out. Anyway, his tailgate closed and it was froze shut the other morning. 
But he did his walk around. He caught it. Right. We pulled it in the wash bay. We threw some water in there, and it and it popped open, and nice. and he was good to go. But yeah, that just a couple of the things I I wanted to mention is back at those liners and and your and your tailgate seal. Just please, you guys, be careful in this weather. Three point stance. You know, yep. I think we've had a few more people fall this year just getting in and out of the cab of the truck, Jim. Yeah, Dave. And yeah. you know. <laughs> Three-point stance, it, it, you got to be connected at all three points every time. You can't just bail in and out of that truck super fast. It's just as dangerous to get in and out of as that trailer is. So, Yeah, when I, when I unhooked 19, you know, I, uh, there, it's a little longer and walked up that, that step, you know, to get to all the hoses and stuff, and I'm bent over, and then I'm, and I'm, I'm backing out, and I'm thinking, oh, I should just turn around and go down the steps, you know, and then I'm like, oh, if any of the guys see me just like, jumping off or you know turned around and just walking off so i walked backwards and you know tried to use the the lines and stuff to hold myself and walk down the ladder but yeah you, you guys got to think of that and back to the whole thing nothing nothing around here is in a hurry yeah. you know falling hurts falling hurts jim yeah, yeah. Scooby, scooby took a spill i mean i know we laugh and joke about it jr i think made a tiktok video about it but uh Scooby took a <laughs> yeah, he was, and it wasn't funny until he added the Mario Brothers right. music to it. Well, right. it was it was when you because it was at his house, you guys, and right. it's on his driveway, and it's really yeah. slick, and it is really really funny too because he kind of spins out, you know, and then you see him fall, and you're really laughing until he Hits thumps him. his head, yeah, yeah, yeah. Head. and you're yeah. like, oh shit, Scooby, are you all right? I mean, it's funny because he he showed us a video, and we know he's okay, but. He got his he got his bell rung. Oh yeah, I mean, dude. He had trouble getting up. He fell like three more times. I mean, I'm sure he'd be happy to show everybody the video. Maybe That's when on. you know how slick it was because he was on all fours, his yeah. hands and yeah. knees, and he yeah. still couldn't get up. Yeah, yeah, and when he finally got up, the driveway was still so steep. He like kind of started going forward, and it was one of those where you almost needed to run to get down the hill. Right. Yeah. And yes. it, it was like. He moved really fast. I don't want to say running, but virtually was trying to run yeah. and then skated out into the street where it was level. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Lost his hat. I mean, if he had a couple more things on him that he lost, we would call that a yard sale. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like snowboarding right. and stuff where yeah. you lose everything. But, man, glad Scooby's okay. But, yeah, falling hurts. Be careful, guys. Do the poopoo walk. You know, just really be careful. I took a good spill last year and maybe the year before. You know, you you think you're good, and then you're not. It, yeah. Your feet just go out from under you. It's it's crazy. So yeah, yeah, Dave took one last year after the blizzard, right, Dave? At snow removal, a yeah. lot of the places where we clean snow actually create a slick spot from the equipment going over it. Right. And I, I mean, I wasn't there, Dave, but I got the impression that's what you stepped out of the pickup on. Yeah. So when you clean blacktop, and then throughout the rest of the day, the solar energy melts the snow, and you have puddles, right? Well, at five o'clock in the morning, it's dark out and you have a big old frozen puddle on the blacktop and it's just black ice. Yeah, I you stepped, don't see it. I literally stepped out of my pickup to walk over to the equipment and I, I took a digger and did a, my knees did a spread eagle on the ground. Both of my feet went out sideways. And, you know, I didn't, I knew I didn't break anything. They just were really sore and I could walk it and it was fine, but you couldn't bend them very well after that, right? So I bought some knee wraps and, and dealt with it for months and months. I think months it was and months. 10 months before yeah. my knees were 100% again. Yeah, wow. yeah I mean, that's, that's, and it that's was a major deal. I was, I was laying there on the ground, 
<laughs> Good old Jack uh, Oquindo Mejia came running over. Super Dave, are you all right? Are you all right? I no. was just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Call a wambalance. <laughs> no. Super Dave's down. Call a wambalance. Yeah. You get up and, yeah. I think that one broke your soul because your feelings were hurt about that for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I think you knew how, how injured you were from it, Dave. You know what I mean? Knowing that it would be that long a recovery. Thankfully, no, no surgery, no, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not yeah. like that, but I mean, I agree with you. I mean, you, I don't want to say you nursed it because that sounds bad, but I mean, you were ailed by it, like you said, for a long time, mm-hmm. for 10 months. And that's just, man, that's brutal. You know, what's funny is here we are, all of our equipment is designed for a three-point stance. Right. When we get out of a cab of a truck, it's designed to back out, like mm-hmm. Jim's talking about. You can have a hold of the wheel, you have a hold of the cab handle or the right. stack guard, or right. you know, then you have the door handle. You know, one foot after another. You have two hands and one foot at all times. Our pickups, they're not like that. Right. Your cars, they're not like that. You put a foot out and and twist out of the vehicle, and down you go, man. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Uh, I think no. we should all drive big trucks home. I'll tell you what, <laughs> I walk very gingerly on ice. Now, right. yeah, you yeah. poopy, poopy walk, poopy walk oh, all the buddy. time, yeah. yeah, like an old man. Yeah, don't laugh at the poopy walk; it works. Nope. Yeah, that I was. One. I was going to mention I fell in a trailer with Lou. I think Sayow is. I think it was mm-hmm. last name. We were shoveling a trailer out, and I, I slipped and fell in the trailer shoveling, and uh, didn't really get hurt. And you kind of brace yourself because you know you you might fall, you know. And Lou was Lou thought I died. I mean, Lou was—he was so upset. Like his grandma just took a spill, and oh, he didn't know what to do. And I'm like, Lou, I'm I'm okay, man. It's it's good. I've, I've fallen before. You you just you're just ready for it. So yeah, you guys just be careful. Yeah, we've talked in the past about being on the liners with with the ice because it's it's not just walking on a a, a liner. It's that there's ice between the liner and your shoe. And right. we've talked about. Uh, I don't know if anybody's seen him, but it like. Uh, REA or whatever the the sports good, sporting goods store and stuff they have these little I call it a cradle but it's just this flexible piece with spikes that you can attach at your heel and your toe and they just go over your shoe and they have little spikes and like mailmen use them that deliver mail all day and right. anybody that's that's out I mean you can yeah, get them Don there. Keller has a pair yeah I mean they're relatively cheap I just saw a video the other day that this designer built those into his boot in the shoe. so yeah, yeah into the shoe so. Like you just cross your legs and you can look at the the tread of your shoe or it's actually a boot, and there's a little piece you you flip a little lever and it's hinged, and the spikes that are up in the sole of your shoe obviously you're walking on them but they're not affecting your feet. It unfolds and goes the other way and falls right into the tread of your shoe, and you just clip it then so you have the spikes at the like the ball of your foot. Huh. And it, it was the coolest thing. I mean, I don't know what a whole boot or shoe like that costs. It can't be cheap, but what you're talking about with Don Keller, I mean, you can get those for less than 10 bucks. I think yeah. He, yeah, he called it like he had a chain up. Yeah. It was yeah. funny, you guys. I don't know if you heard it, heard him mention it, but Scooby, he's seen those at the store, those, the little slip on, like you're saying with Don Keller, but they were for kids' shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and he really wanted them bad. So he said he, he was trying to slip them on <laughs> and see if he could stretch them and make them fit his boots. And he, he, I don't, obviously, he didn't get them because they were for kids, but he, he was pretty desperate after falling. Oh, <laughs> Silly funny. rabbit, those are for kids. <laughs> Man. Mm. All right, guys, now for my favorite part of the podcast, questions from the audience. And we actually have one. 
I got to tell you, Sergio Portillo, he's a talker, but he's a thinker, too. He is. I mean, is he, what, 23? Super Dave, is Sergio 23 years old? Mm, no, I want to say he's... Yeah, yeah. Jesse's... <laughs> I was going to say 26, but Jesse's 26. Yeah, yeah. so young young guy, but family man, way, way beyond his years. His question is... Would JFW ever consider looking to Roth IRA investments as an alternative to a 401k or any other alternative retirement investment fund? Well, I hope it's not a play on words here, Jam, but I spoke with our, our uh, specialist, Rena, who does all of our retirement stuff, mm-hmm. and we offer a Roth 401k right. in addition to a traditional 401k. So... The IRA part, I don't want to get into technical terms, but the Roth 401k, which is the tax, you pay the taxes now, right? Uh, Isn't that the version? Yeah. The yes, standard, the, Roth, the yeah. traditional 401k, you're taxed when you pull the money out. Right. So if that's in 20 more years, you're going to pay the tax rate of what it is in 20 more years. We just had Jesus come in and see us last night. Mm-hmm. He wanted to change it because he's been listening to, uh, who's the money guy? He's, Dave Ramsey. Yes, Dave yeah, Ramsey, Ramsey, yeah. And uh, he was like, oh, do a, do a Roth, do a Roth. So he's going to switch to a Roth because you pay the tax rate right now huh. on the account. So when you pull the money out, it's tax-free in 20 years gotcha. because you're paying today's rate in taxes. We don't know what taxes are going to be in 20 years, right? right? I mean, between our governor and our – yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'll stop right now. Anyway, our leaders, we don't know how things are going to turn out. So a Roth, you pay taxes now and not later, and a 401k, you pay later. Correct. Yep. Right. You, yeah, the traditional, when you pull the money out, and I'm just picking a number, 20 years, 30 uh-huh. years, 10 years, you, you're taxed at that time at what that tax rate is. The Roth, you pay today's rate, and it's taxed. Gotcha. And you're, you're, anything you earn after that is, so well, I, that part I don't know about what you earn, how that's taxed. You're still taxed on your earnings. You're, yeah. yeah, you're taxed on your, because it's income. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I remember meeting Rena, very nice lady. Is Sergio able to contact her directly, or does he go through Joanne to? Definitely through Joanne. But as far as I know, yeah, I, everyone, every employee works on their four oh. I'll just use the term four hundred one k. Their retirement with their with Rena or with their their person to pick their stocks and whatnot, because we're not involved in that, right? We just match whatever is sent in. So Yeah, the, I, I think you would call her Dave, and she can help you with the stocks, but that, you know, the, they always throw out the TPA. Oh, third-party Part, administrator, yeah. yeah. So that's what Rena that's would be, Rena. is a third-party administrator, because we can't give you tips on stocks, we can't advise <laughs> yeah, you, right. we can't do anything like that. Sure. So she would be our, our third-party administrator, but you can definitely go through Joanne to get to her, and she can help you out on all of that awesome yeah i remember when we first started that the match in 401k and all that stuff and rick gray and ray stroop who may he rest in peace is no longer with us but rick and ray would always compete in how much money they earned and whatever and rick's like oh we invested in the same exact thing and he's got like four thousand more dollars this year than i made and it was it was always kind of funny i mean rick was always looking for the what's the little magic needle in the haystack trick you know right. and there's nothing out there you just got to kind of engage and invest a little bit of time and educate yourself or they will pick for you you know i mean they have a they have aggressive strategies they have safe strategies if you're older and don't want to lose any money or right. you know different stuff like that so yeah rena we can hook you up with with her email and you can reach right out to her hey and a couple more things and you know please get a hold of rena or talk with joanne about it but uh 
there's also a catch-up if if you're an older older person <laughs> they allow you a six thousand dollar extra per year catch-up and i believe that starts at the age of 55 50 55 55 yeah. 55 so for some of the older guys here if you think you're behind you're allowed to put six thousand dollars more a year in your in your uh roth or your 401k and then also when you get closer to retirement just remember too if you try to take it out at 58 years old there is a penalty mm-hmm. you have to wait till you're 62 or 65 you know i'm sorry i don't have those exact numbers memorized but just there's some rules to go along with it if a guy puts six grand in do you guys match two percent of that is this a trick question (laughs) no it's just it's extra jim it's above what they normally put in it's their stuff so we're not matching that six grand yeah i wasn't trying to jam you no (laughs) sure sure yeah yeah because we match up to what to two percent right yes right yeah. Yeah. So they're going to be putting in to do a catch up. I'm, I'm making it up. They're going to be doing ten percent. Got it. But they can. They're allowed that extra six thousand dollars. I understand. I get it. I sure. Get it. Sometimes you got to explain things to me like I'm in kindergarten. No. So. I, I mean, everybody listening's got <laughs> right. the, probably the same question, Jim. You know, uh-huh. are, are we matching that? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. there is a maximum amount that you're allowed to contribute to your retirement. Right? Yeah, and yeah. per year, and I'm gosh, yeah. you guys, I wish I was. I don't remember what it is. Eighteen either, five, nineteen five yeah. is the is the number because yeah. we we have to put a cap in the computer when we do that, mm-hmm. and then you're allowed to put that six thousand dollars above that, so mm-hmm. catch up. So yeah, yeah, good. All that stuff is great information. Hard for me to remember all the details because I don't right. deal with it every day, but important stuff for, for retirement, even though we're not supposed to talk about money. I was going to say, you know, <laughs> good thing that driver's not here anymore. He'd, <laughs> right. He'd we'd be, he'd we'd be have hot. him upset. He'd any, be pissed. Any right kind now. of knowledge is good. I right. don't care. Right? right? About, I mean, I, I, I enjoy talking about the unhooking the trailer. Right. And I know how to do it. <laughs> right? It's funny because I've been struggling during this podcast today. I, I can't get the words out of my mouth. I had to do the intro three times, and we're like 20 minutes into it. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're not going to have anything to talk about. I'm like, <laughs> and here we are, like, one podcast later, it turned out, I think, pretty good. But we're not done we're just yet. a bunch yeah. of old fellas talking shop. Yeah. And, uh, and <laughs> How do you drop a trailer? <laughs> Take two minutes. <laughs> you know, the passion comes out. Right. You know, yeah, and, we love and, what we do. Yeah, and, and I hope that's what the, the guys feel when they unhook is a – passion to do it right and do it correctly it hopefully it takes over yep well soup you want to hit us with the high road hall i know we're having a good time here but okay yeah we can shift gears for sure brother dave has things to do (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, sometimes i read articles on the internet and i think no that's stupid that doesn't sound right i didn't like that one didn't like this one and jam you asked me yesterday dave you got a high road hauling ready and i was like no i don't And uh, so I was like, wow, let me just jump on the computer really quick. And this was like the first article I looked at. I mean, I was like, this is it. This is what I need to to write down, right? (laughs) So here we go. What is self-worth? It's hard to understand why self-worth is so important if you don't understand what it really is. And it tends to be one of those things that everyone sort of knows about. But no one can really define it. Uh, But here's what you need to know to get started. Self-worth is being able to feel good about yourself with no influence from another person or outside source. And it's something that many people, including highly successful people, struggle with. According to one news report, 85% of people struggle with having good self-worth. 
But, but thankfully, there are plenty of things that you can do to improve your self-worth. The concept of self-esteem was first mentioned in 1657. What many people don't realize is that self-esteem is something you get from outside yourself. When you have self-esteem, it's because you've met some criteria others have devised. For example, if you're a gymnast and you have high self-esteem, if you did well at a local competition and even higher self-esteem if you won a national championship. You measured your value about what others did or what they conceived as a measure of success. The same thing can happen at work or even in relationships. Self-worth is something different. This concept didn't come around until 1965. Self-worth is the belief that you are a valuable person regardless of what you have or haven't accomplished. It's the belief that you matter and that you don't matter because you compare favorably to other people or because you meet some measure of excellent performance. You have value simply because you are you. Self-worth comes from within to give you the ability to receive self-esteem. Having healthy self-worth not only helps prevent poor mental health, but it also has many other positive benefits too. When you value your self-worth, no matter what circumstance you're in or who's around you, you can have what you need and more. You can be your best and do your best. You can have the best quality of life possible for you at any given moment. So here are some of the benefits that come along with having a good self-worth. You can solve problems confidently. Everyone deals with some problems. Problems come up at work, at home, in the community. With these difficulties arising, a poor self sense of self-worth, excuse me, usually leads to feeling of being overwhelmed. However, when you have positive self-worth, you're more likely to accept the challenges life offers you. Like, I got this, right? Make decisions more boldly. Making decisions can be excruciating. If you have poor self-worth, you may doubt your knowledge or ability to judge a situation. You may worry about what will happen if you make the wrong choice and feel the probability of that happening is very high. Once you find healthy, healthy self-worth within yourself, you can reason out your decision and make the best possible choice. You can decide whether a low risk, medium risk, or high risk option is best in that specific situation. You have more honest relationships. You can have more uh, honest relationships when you have a higher sense of self-worth because you don't feel the need to hide who you are. This goes for romantic relationships and also work relationships, friendships, and family relationships. You can also be more resilient. Valuing yourself makes you more resilient to setbacks. When you think poorly of yourself, you're more likely to feel devastated by failures and losses. When you feel good about who you are, you nev never feel a failure, even after something you've done went wrong. You see the action as a failure, perhaps, but you don't generalize that label to include your identity. When bad things happen, you deal with them and move on. And here are some ways to help you improve your self-worth. Use positive affirmations. Example, if you're applying for a job that you know hundreds of other people are applying to, as well, tell yourself, I deserve a great job like this one, and I'm gonna keep trying until I get one. And also do what you love. People commonly put aside what they want to do. Uh, if you want to build your self-worth, do what you love and rest easy knowing you're going after your passion. Take in compliments. Um, the better you get at accepting compliments, the more easily you boost your self-worth. 
Uh, and that goes hand in hand with stop criticizing yourself. Sometimes we're so worried about being criticized that we criticize ourselves before anyone else even has the chance. Even without someone else's input, you can build yourself worth by looking at the good in who you are. Find the good in yourself. When something terrible happens to you, you can rebuild your self-worth by looking for the ways you are good in that role or situation. Example, you might feel like you're a bad parent because you missed your child's dance recital. Rather than defining yourself as a parent by that one instance, look for more profound ways that suggest you're a good parent. And um, these are some awesome quotes for today. I think they really sum up the point of the, the article. The first one, you as much as anyone in the entire universe deserve your love and affection, Buddha. What lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Who looks outside dreams? Who looks inside awakes, Carl Jung. It took me a long time not to judge myself through someone else's eyes, Sally Field. A man cannot be comfortable without his own approval, Mark Twain. Because one believes in oneself, one doesn't try to convince others. Because one is content with oneself, one doesn't need others' approval. Because one accepts oneself, the whole world accepts him or her, Lao Tzu. And uh, if anybody wants a copy of this to share, just let me know. That last one was a tongue twister, Dave. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one, Dave. Self-esteem, yeah. man. That's, yeah. I think, speaking personally, I, I, I've had my days where I suffer from that. You know, I just don't feel confident and, yeah. and you know, not, not that it's not. everybody does, right? Right, and not that it's not different for other people, but sometimes when me and Dave are, you know, I started out as a truck driver, <laughs> and that's right. that's that's what I was going to do. You know, work for my dad's company and be a truck driver. And I find myself in different positions that I never thought I would be in. You know, trying to run the company or help run the company with Dave, and sometimes my self esteem suffers. I, you know, I'm not I'm not confident enough. So yeah, it's yeah, you're uncomfortable doing something you don't know that you're sure how to do or how it should be done or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. You guys should be pretty confident about your capabilities. Yeah. And there, there's a compliment jam and yep. you got, you got to accept that. And that, and like Dave said in that deal, it's, that's, that's difficult sometimes yeah. too. Yeah. They say you're, you're uh, not growing unless you're doing something that makes you uncomfortable. Mm. Right. So there's, you've got to have enough confidence, right. That you're willing to take that task on. And, and yet, you know, maybe make a fool of yourself and, and grow by it. I mean, I know with this whole IPOC situation that I'm involved in, I feel like every darn meeting, <laughs> I hope I'm growing because I sure feel uncomfortable. I mean, if you guys want to dive into it, um, I don't know. I've been in a little bit of a funk probably a good three weeks. You know what I mean? Just kind of, I can't, I couldn't put my finger on why. I couldn't, you know, I come home, I'd be like, babe, I don't know what's wrong, you know, like, and we're examining my life and, like, trying to figure it out. And, I mean, I wasn't, like, super sad or anything, but just kind of, like, a little funky, you know. And, man, yesterday I just snapped out of it and I just felt like I was in a little bit of season of growth. And, like, certain things came to light in my heart and my mind and who I am and stuff like that. And it was like, wow, I was just uncomfortable because I was growing, you know. And it just, I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on it. And maybe I'm just a little crazy. I don't know. But Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, you weren't just constipated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a dad joke! Look at, look at Man. <laughs> Man. 
We better get to some final thoughts before we get to I think you just got them. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, I got a couple jam and you know, we talk, I try to, you know, do a quote or do something like Dave did or we talk about different stuff. So I thought I'd throw this out here and then I thought, well, you guys can play it forward, play it back, you know, maybe you'll have some fun with it, maybe you guys won't, but I, I wrote down several words here or sayings or, or thoughts of old school trucking here, and two of them are totally false. They're not, they don't even exist. So here's the words I wanted to hit you with. So we have dogs, pogo stick, the brownie, Jake brake, locket and four-wheel drive, spreader lip, comes out of the saddles, emergency line, blinker fluid, clutch brake, slack adjuster, free play, muffler bearing, Johnny bar, main box, high side, low side, walking beam, gin poles, doghouse, single drive, and hoods. Two of those words don't even exist. They're not, they're not true. So if somebody wants to figure them out and, and let me know, that's know, easy, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> old, old school, guys. Let's, let's see who picks them out. I must not have been focused on the first part because I heard one and I was like, don't. Like, <laughs> but I didn't hear the second one, so I'll have to replay it. <laughs> My final thoughts, Jim. Nice. I like it. Everybody be careful out there. It's, it's a crazy week with the weather and it's supposed to be 10 below tonight. That's not going to be fun. You know, at your houses, open some cabinet doors under the sinks and, you know, Try and get that heat transferred and moved around your house. And everybody just be careful. Slick surfaces, slick roads, driving, dumping, getting out of the truck, the your car, your wives, your families. Man, yeah. it's this is yeah. you know, this is the season. We had that that almost somewhat ice storm like two weeks ago, and we have a, a neighbor that's a doctor and they had like eight broken hips, knees, blah, 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 blah show up, you know, from that day. Mm-hmm. From one wow. day, and it's like, oh my gosh, that your your life will change for a little while. You break something. Ah. So this is going to tell you a little bit something about me. Um, I'm a sentimental old fart, and one of my favorite movies of all time is is uh, The Sound of Music. And in that movie, uh, Julie Andrews, um, who I had a heck of a little crush on when I was a kid, <laughs> but she sung a song in The Sound of Music that said, "Have confidence in me." So everybody go out there and have confidence in me. Nice. Yeah, nice. awesome final thought. Yeah, I want to finish up. Uh, I know Jesus Varela, you know, he does talk about Dave Ramsey. He is actually uh, doing the Financial Peace University. He's on step number. He'll, t- he'll tell you all about it. Oh, but, that is so cool. Yeah, yeah that's but cool. He's, he's kicking ass. Linda, she's she's done it. I, I mean, not to put her info out there, but she's paid off her house, right? Yep. So I just pulled this up. This is a Dave Ramsey quote. Debt is dumb. Cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage is taking the place of the BMW as a status symbol of choice. Oh, wow. wow. I like that. There you go. Very cool. So, yep. Everyone have a great week, and be careful out there. Yeah, see you, everybody. Thanks. <laughs>